This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. your weekly host for Beauty Now, where you can listen to experts in plastic surgery, hormones, hair and lash extensions, and many more things. Today we have Dr. Sarah Wasserbauer, who does, can you believe this, eyelash transplants. I don't put people entirely to sleep, but it's better if you're relaxed. Some people get really nervous, you know, because they're thinking that the surgery is going to be something horrible. And to be honest with you, the the extent of my sedation is usually just a Valium. That's all people usually need. I used to do embroidery when I was a little girl. My grandmother taught me, and who knew that that would come in handy later in life? New hair is permanent? They are. They right. are words for life. About $6,500, and there are financing companies or credit cards you can yeah yeah there's quite a few of them there's better options for financing this than there are for me to buy a car that's true <laughs> welcome sarah and thank you for being our guest thank today you so much terry it's nice to talk to you so let me ask you what causes eyebrow and eyelash loss in men and women um Eyebrow and eyelash loss are, are actually a little uh, a little different, but um, in the eyebrows, usually uh, thyroid, you know, just getting older, overplucking is a is a huge problem. And believe it or not, that's also kind of the the problem with eyelash loss. Some people get um, a disease called trichotillomania, where they'll pull out their own eyelashes. It's kind of a nervous disorder. Sometimes that'll happen. Sometimes people will lose their eyelashes eyelashes and brows from um, an accident or a burn. Um, these days, you know what I see a lot of, besides the overplucking for the eyebrows, I see a lot of people who uh, have gone and gotten eyelash extensions or been wearing, you know, other kinds of false eyelashes for a long time, for years. And so so uh, after, after you do that, you kind of damage the hair that's, you know, originally yours. So I see a lot of people coming in after getting addicted to that look of, you know, framing their eye and making it look, you know, really like it pops. And uh, and no longer wanting to pay for the eyelash extensions, but now that they've damaged the uh, the underlying hair, they they just can't live without something there. Well, so let's let's just say that your lashes are sparse, you know, just not not gone, but just sparse. Can you make them fuller? But oh yeah, no, I get a lot of patients like that who are like, you know what, I used to have thicker lashes than this. They just haven't grown back since I have been using. You know, you name it, and um, and absolutely, those are the patients that I see most often these days. I used to see a lot more of the you know trauma type of patients, but uh, words getting out because it's so fun. <laughs> so, is this something yeah. that you need to go to sleep for? No, this is something that people usually stay awake for. It's something that doctors call conscious sedation. So you're you're awake, but you're a little uh, a little relaxed, and um, you know you feel pretty good. It's um, uh, usually I. I give people a movie list and they uh, sit and they watch or rather listen to movies because sometimes they have to have their eyes closed for me. Um, but it's not something that uh, you have to go under 
major anesthesia for. It's a, it's a day-long procedure. I mean, it takes about four hours to do the procedure. Is it necessary, though, to be? No, to be uh, put out or put asleep. Right, put to sleep. I don't, I, I don't put people entirely to sleep, but it's better if you're relaxed. Some people get really nervous, you know, they're thinking that the surgery is going to be something horrible. And to be honest with you, the, the extent of my sedation is usually just a Valium. That's all people usually need. Really? Yep, that's about it. What if they want more than Valium? <laughs> if they wanted more than Valium, we have other things that we can give them. What if they really want to go to sleep? Do people go to sleep? People do. They just kind of take a nap. I, you know, that often happens. Uh, they, they just feel so relaxed, and I have to, well, I'll be honest, my chair has memory foam. And oh, nice. so I just get into that, and they just fall right asleep. And then they wake up with, you know, a lot more eyelashes than they went to sleep with. So where does the donor hair come from? Typically, donor hair for any transplant procedure comes from the back of the head um, because you have extra, you know, kind of redundant tissue back there. It's a, the back of your head's a joint, you know, so that you lean your head forward and back. So you have uh, hair there that can be taken that's not going to be missed. Um, but for eyelash procedures, you know, it depends on, on the person. If they have very fine, delicate hair... Um, you can take it from the very back. If not, I usually try and go right around the ear, you know, where you kind of have little tendrils where kind of wispy little hair grows. You have to be careful when you're doing eyelash transplant on, uh, you know, your lady patients because if you were to wear your hair up, I don't want anybody to ever have a scar there. Um, but for the most part, there's so little hair taken out that that's not even a concern. You just want to make sure that you match the caliber, you know, the thickness of those hairs in your lashes with the thickness of the hair that you're you're putting in from uh, from elsewhere on the head. So how um, long is the scar? Oh, minimal, like a, a millimeter or two. So not very long. If there is a scar at all, most of my patients don't even scar. You can barely see it. Yeah. So how do you do it? So you take some of the hair from, say, behind or above your ear, and then under a microscope, and all of this is done under microscopes. I wear a set of you know magnifying glasses on my head, Anyone else helping me in the uh, operating room helps me by wearing magnifying glasses as well. Everything's done under a microscope. Once you take those individual hairs out, kind of in a little block, you uh, select out the individual hairs that would match the hair on your eyelashes the best, and you leave the hair long. It's kind of tough to do on somebody who has really short hair, and usually I tell people don't cut your hair for a couple of weeks because what you do is you take a, a curved needle and you thread the hair through the back kind of like um, you're about to sew something. And when the eyelid is all uh, anesthetized, it's kind of swollen so that you never have a needle anywhere near your eye, and you basically sew it into the lid um, using the end of your hair follicle. You know, if you ever pulled out a hair, you have that little bump at the end. That little thing kind of acts as a knot, and you pull the hair through, and that's about it. so amazing that you can do that. <laughs> it does. It's kind of like... I used to do embroidery when I was a little girl. My grandmother taught me, and who knew that that would come in handy later in life? Is the result natural? The result is natural when uh, you do it properly. There's um, there's instances, I think, of, of some people not picking the right caliber of hair. Let's say you have really thick hair and very fine lashes. Well, then that won't look quite as nice. But uh, for all of the patients that I do, it comes out, you know, the hair looks very natural. What if you have really fine hair, though, in the back? If you have really fine hair in the back, uh, that's even better. You, oh, really? You would want nice, fine hairs. If you had very thick lashes, you probably wouldn't be coming to see me in the first place. But very fine hair is, is what, you know, a, a good eyelash needs. Something subtle. Uh, you don't want it to look odd. And you want it to really blend in with the rest of the lashes and just kind of add bulk and definition to that, you know, that area right around your eye. 
So obviously you have to get it dyed, right? I mean, if women dye their hair. If, um, well, you'd be surprised. It depends. I always kind of have that quandary when a blonde uh, lady with very thin hair comes to see me because I can put in more blonde lashes, but unless they're going to, you know, have them tinted or something, you just, you don't see more blonde lashes. <laughs> you just, there's just more there. So typically I, um, those sort of patients would uh, go and try and get them tinted anyway and, um, and then come to me and have, you know, the additional lashes put in and then you can see them or if they're going to wear mascara on a daily basis, which is what most uh, blonde patients do anyway. And how long does it take before people can see results? Um, it takes about um, two to three weeks um, while you have the lashes immediately post-op, and then they start to grow. They, the hairs will fall out at about two to three weeks, and then they'll start growing in again at about three to six months. So the hair falls out. So, I mean, you put it, you transplant it, and then in, in three weeks it starts to fall out, you mean? Yeah, it'll shed. Uh, the hair that I put there will shed in preparation for growing a new hair. And then are you? how long are you left with no lashes completely? You wouldn't be left with no lashes. Your native lashes would be there. But the hairs that I transplanted would shed okay, just for so a temporary amount of time. And then, the, and then the new lashes would start to come in and grow long. And that, those are what most people are asking about. That's at about three to six months. And are those new hairs permanent? They are. They Yay. are yours for life. That's why I always emphasize that you have to be able to trim them <laughs> and that you have to be committed to perming them too because they, um, they don't grow like uh, your normal lash hair would. They, they grow really long like you know, hair on your head would. So you have to make sure that you trim them. Plus, uh, lash hair actually has a little curl to it away from the eye, so you have to put that curl into any new hairs that are there, and that hence the, uh, the need for perming them, which is about every six weeks. So you can't really just use your eyelash curler? No, it just doesn't work as well. I've had some people uh, be able to do that, you know, kind of in the interim between perms, but you really have to be able to commit to going ahead and getting them permed. How do you find somebody that perms your lashes? Well, you know, it's surprising how many people actually do have lash perming and, and tinting available. It's been around since, like, the 1930s. Lots of the old starlets used to get their lashes permed and tinted, you know, before a big event. And uh, I, I didn't believe it. When I first learned this technique, um, I actually sought somebody out and had them do it to me because I was like, you can perm your lashes? I didn't even realize that. How do you perm them? You, uh, you would sit in somebody's chair for, like, about, about 10 or 20 minutes, and they put a little tiny uh, perming rod <laughs> right on the edge of your lash, and they fold the lashes over and uh, paint on the perming solution, then paint on the neutralizer, and then let you go. And they're curly for about six weeks. So do you see women that come in and they have, you know, pretty nice lashes and then they want more? You have to yeah, and those are the patients who I usually say, you know, try try something else. Like I, I had a woman come in who uh, was just looking at her 15 or 16-year-old daughter wishing that she had, you know, those kind of thick lashes. And that's, that's just not a reasonable, you know, give me my daughter's lashes. That's just not a reasonable request. It's not? So for those sort of patients, I, <laughs> I actually with that? turn them to other things like... Um, there's uh, several cosmeceuticals that'll help grow lashes. Revitalash is one of them that you you paint it on the top of the eye and it'll thicken up your lashes. Revitalash is good, and also I like the Dan Marini as well. I like the Dan Marini as well. Yep, like both of those, and I think that's good kind of just to do every day, anyways. Yeah, and really maximize the lashes that you can get uh, via that without having to you know go through the risk of surgery. So for the main part of your clients, are they 
people that have had cancer or people that just mostly up until this you know up until a, a couple of months ago it was mostly people who had uh car accidents um old cancer patients people who you know been to their chemotherapy treatments and not gotten anything back and burn patients those were kind of the majority now everything is kind of turned uh on its head i mostly have cosmetic uh, lash augmentation patients, patients who've been wearing, you know, false eyelashes or have been getting extensions for a really long period of time and, um, and would really like them back now that, you know, they've lost some of their original lashes. Because you can see those obvious gaps. Yeah, you can see, you know, holes. They're kind of patchy. Right, right. And they'll always bring in, you know, old pictures and show me. Well, this is so interesting. We need to take a break. I want to come back and ask you more questions. We're talking to Dr. Sarah Wassebauer about eyelash transplants, but we're going to thank our sponsors really quick. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Hi, we're back talking with Dr. Sarah Wassebauer, and we're talking about eyelash transplants. I can't believe it. Thank you, Sarah, for talking with us today. It's and we just left off talking about, uh, what were we talking about? We're talking about people that were candidates for this. Right. So um, most of the patients that I see are, um, are if they haven't lost their lashes from, you know, something like a, a burn or a, being in a car accident, these days, I usually see patients who have been wearing eyelash extensions for a long period of time and have lost uh, a great number of their native lashes. They're just not growing in as full as they used to. And those patients have uh, really enjoyed the benefit of having, you know, thick, full lashes with the eyelash extensions for a while. And so they really find that they can't live without them. I can't live without them. I love them. That's why I'm so upset that... You turn that lady away just because she wanted her 16-year-old daughter's lashes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I turned her on to Revitalash first. If that, if that didn't work for her, then we'd talk again. But no, we can only respect that. I like that, and I like Jen Marini. I like both those products. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of those products, and I, I don't own stock in either company, but, um, you know, as an ethical surgeon, you have to be able to <laughs> do the least invasive thing first, and then if uh, someone is exactly. really motivated and really wants to care for their lashes because it's not, it's not something that you can, you know, it's not a walk in the park. You actually have to go and get them permed every six weeks. You can't actually, um, you know, just forget about your lashes, which is what most people do. But a lot of people who, who come to see me have already kind of gone through that thought process and have already been playing with their lashes daily anyway. And so they're, they're perfectly willing to go ahead and care for the lashes as they do require. No, and, and I'm sure, as you said, you get addicted to them and as soon as you see that you have a hole, you realize you've ruined your lashes. Right. So what is the cost? I hate to ask cost, but on this show, we want to cover everything. Um, it, because it is such a rare procedure, um, I guess it's expensive, but not compared to, you know, getting the five or $600 extensions every two to three months. It's about... It's about $3,000 per lid. If someone only, you know, for if I have to do a reconstructive thing, then I... We'll do one lid or the other. For most patients who come in for cosmetic, it runs about $6,500. About $6,500. And there are financing companies or credit cards you can yeah. 
Yeah, there's quite a few of them. There's better options for financing this than there are for me to buy a car. That's true. <laughs> and that's the same for all plastic surgery. It is. It is. And and you made a really good point, which you're going in for lash extensions, which cost a couple hundred dollars every couple weeks. It's It does add up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you think about these being permanent, and that's the major advantage over, you know, using something like Revitalash or going and getting uh, eyelash extensions is that these are uh, a permanent uh, cosmetic solution, solution, which I'm sure is just a godsend to so many people. Yeah, and you don't realize how much you like your lashes until you lose your lashes. They're uh, they're just wonderful to have around. True with anything. Now tell us about the complications. What could happen? There aren't very many complications. It's a it's a rare surgery, so you know maybe enough of them haven't been done. There's probably been Geez, I've I've done myself uh, under fifty of them, but most most docs have done under ten of them. Because there's only a handful of surgeons that yeah. do this procedure, correct? And and most docs don't like to do this procedure because it does. I mean, I am sitting there putting one hair in at a time for about four hours. Amazing. So unless you've got steel pants, you don't want <laughs> you don't even want to get into it. But I I mean, this is really up my alley, so I really love to do it. Most of the um, most of the docs who do it uh, are, there's a couple of docs in the United States. There's a couple scattered overseas. And um, there's a, complications-wise, you know, there's always the risk, I suppose, of scarring. I haven't seen anybody scar, but so few of them are done. Um, there's always a risk of infection. Any surgery has the risk of both scarring and infection. Um, because you're working around the eye, you do really need to make sure that the person understands but if a, if a lash decides to grow out in a direction you didn't originally like, um, that you need to make sure you curl it and trim it so that it stays out of your eye. Right. And, um, you know, postoperatively, some people will get a sty or a, a chalazian. These are just fancy doctor words for you know, <laughs> little infections you kind of get on your, on your eyelid. And do you use topical drops for that? You can use drops or you can just use a hot compress. They go away usually within a week. And how common is that? That's pretty common. Right after a surgery, most people get a little bit of a stire or, or like I said, the chalazine is a little higher in the lid. But um, they they go away in about a week usually. And I I mean, people call me and tell me that they have them or not call at all. But I don't usually see people for those uh, because they, they knew that they were coming. They know how to take care of them and it's not such a big deal. So for burn patients, I mean, how does that work? Because you, you're transplanting these little tiny grafts. And right. with burn patients, I would think that they're... They're a little, it would be hard to graft them. It is. It's a little bit more difficult because if they have scar tissue around the eye, you know, uh, you really have to have a, a steady hand to make it through that scar tissue and make sure that the lashes all go in the proper direction. The only saving grace about a, a burn patient is that usually only a section of the eyelid needs to be transplanted. So you wouldn't have to, you know, go all the way across and, and deal with it the entire time. But... Uh, Usually those patients do very well and are and are so grateful to just have some hair there exactly. um, to keep the stuff out of their eye. I mean, those patients, they can't wear contacts. They can't, you know, go out in the wind. They Things just blow right into their eye. It's amazing what people can do today, what doctors can do to enhance things after accidents and things like that because before nobody had anything. Yeah, and, and these kind of techniques did not necessarily come from inside the United States. They, there's one guy in Brazil, I think, who, who helped to perfect this technique. There's other people in Australia. So everyone all over the world has been trying to 
help patients out. It just uh, it's hard to get the word out because not everybody believes that there's something that can be done. No, I, I didn't know, and that's my expertise here. I saw you actually on, I believe it was a news channel, and I was like, I have to find her. <laughs> yeah, I think I was at a um, at a conference, and I think I turned up and found out that I was one of the few people who, who did this. But more and more surgeons are getting interested in doing it. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, gaining the experience. And uh, for us uh, uh, physicians to teach each other what the what the technique is so we, that we can help out more people. And, again, I always like to stress on the show for our listeners to please, please do research on your doctor. Absolutely. That's the most important thing because, I mean, so many things can go wrong. It's it, And you don't want to skimp on your face. No. You don't want to skimp on your body. You don't want to skimp on something that could actually harm you. So you need to do your research and ask how many procedures have they done, find out, get their credits, find out where they went to school, feel really confident. Don't skimp on doctors. Right. And if you if you don't get along well with your doctor, this is the patient, the person who's going to be taking care of you, then, you know, interview somebody else. Exactly. If you get that bad vibe when you first go in, then find somebody else. Yep. Don't just settle. And, and let me tell you, doctors do that too. <laughs> no, that's true. That's exactly right. You know, you have to do that. Now, let's talk really quick about eyebrows. Oh, yeah. Eyebrows are uh, another thing that you don't know uh, you loved until you're missing them. And, and you see so many women as they get older, they lose their eyebrows. That is often the case, and even so many women who are younger who just, um, you know, continue to pluck and um, and don't realize that, you know, uh, sometimes those hairs just don't come back. There's an old uh, joke about a, a fraternity prank where they shave one eyebrow. Well, that's not quite a joke. You, you always have kind of a one in three chance of that. Okay, that eyebrow not back. coming back. So um, eyebrows really define your eyes almost even more than eyelashes sometimes. And uh, and people who've lost their eyebrows really have uh, a serious time. They have a complex about having that fisheye look, and it and it really brings their eyes back into focus when you when you can put some hair back there. And they're the main thing. Uh, again, picking hair that uh, really matches the caliber, picking a shape that really helps to define their eye that matches the bone structure of their face, that kind of thing. Um, and real, making the patient realize they're going to have to trim that hair too. So you also take that from the back of the head? Yep, or from behind the ear, just depending on, on where the hair caliber is and, and what our specific goals are, yep. And then you transplant that. And I have to say, I mean, sometimes you see the worst tattooing. Can you transplant over that tattooing? Yes, and um, often I'll if a patient hasn't, if they just got a tattoo done and they don't like it and that's why they're coming to me, then I'll, I'll say, you know, we need to wait um, a little bit and see what we can do. But I will often get patients who have been tattooing for years who are just tired of not having any hair there. They almost don't care what the, the brow looks like. They, um, you know, we look over lots of photos of different brow shapes, but people just want to have hair there. They want to know when they put their hand right above their eye that there's just going to be something that they, that's just soft and they can stroke. And it also, you know brings the focus back down to their eye, so in in a way that a tattoo just doesn't. Right. I mean, in some of those tattoos, I mean, I would, another good thing to spend your money on is a really, really qualified tattoo artist. Yeah. I only have one that I recommend, and she is about the most anal retentive person, and I was like, wow, you're like me. <laughs> I guess I like you. Maybe I'll send some people to you. Well, we need to get her name, because I'm looking for a good tattoo person to interview on Beauty Now. 
Right. No, maybe so, because I think that is so important when it tattooing is done right. It looks so incredible. It, it can look very real. She does the individual hairs, um, and uh, she herself has actually come in for a brow uh, reconstruction, or at least this one that I'm thinking of has. And uh, even though she's done a beautiful job, you know, tattooing, she still wanted to have just a little bit of hair there. Well, that's the thing. The tattooing can be beautiful, but a little bit of hair would make it look really great. Right. And it'll just help define it even more. And it just looks more realistic that way. So what do you recommend for people that are saying, wow, that's just too much money for right now. You think to use these products over the counter? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely try either the Revitalash or the Jane Marini first and give it a good chance to work. You know, they always say, you know, doctors are harping on patients to make sure that they take their medications. But if you're going to spend on that little tube, um, which is know, expensive as well, dollars, definitely use it every single night and then you will suddenly see some results. I got people calling, you know, after two weeks and I say, well, you really need to use it in a six to ten to be able to get the... Um, to really get the full effect. Get the full effect and then, then you can judge. But that's, that's actually what you just brought up was a, a, something good. What is the cycle of a lash? 90 to 120 days, which is one of the reasons that they fall out. And then so 90 to 100 days, and then they fall out, and then you grow a new one? Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes your lashes look better than others. Right. And that's why sometimes when you start to use a product like this, or, or even when you go through surgery, you'll sometimes shed the old hair. But that's not a bad thing. That's just in preparation for growing a new one. What is the oldest patient that you've had? The oldest patient that I've had for eyelash or eyebrow? Either one. Well, in his, his 80s. In his 80s? And in did it work? And he wanted brows for, for so lashes cute. in her 50s. And, and did it work? Yeah, worked beautifully. What would you recommend to be the oldest patient? What You know, what is... Uh, you know, I don't think that there is a an absolute number. I've... um. I do hair transplant. Uh, this is the majority of my practice is hair transplant because there's a lot more people who need that. But um, I've done hair transplant on a 92-year-old. He was on his uh, third wife, and he really wanted to look good for their wedding. That's so cute. <laughs> and his wife was like 20 or 30 years younger than he was, and he was hale and hearty. I mean, he, he jogged more than I did per day. <laughs> he was in better shape, so there was nothing wrong with going ahead and doing it, and he got a great result. So, you know, I think as long as you're in, in good health um, and you have, you know, donor tissue available that's appropriate, that's, you know, you can go for it. Make yourself look good. Why is there an age an age limit to any of this? There really isn't. I just said that to my girlfriend today. We were on a hike and she was like, I think I'm too old to get a facelift. And I'm like, Never. you have everything going for you. Go ahead and go for it. Right. I don't do facelifts, but Lord, if I needed one at 82, I'd get one. Exactly. Me too. I actually want to sign up. I was really upset that you said you can't get them if you have eyelashes, but I, I don't know. I, I think this sounds incredible to have thick, thick lashes and just come in. Yeah, you can get them. You have to. You just have to meet all the criteria. I'm, I insist on meeting all my patients in person because I don't want this to become, you know, the latest fad and then have somebody actually have a negative outcome. Um, so I insist on meeting all my patients in person for that reason. But, uh, yeah, as long as people know exactly what they're getting into, I don't have a problem. Well, it sounds like that you're one of the doctors that we like to interview on this show, people that are really careful and really great in their field. Cautious. <laughs> More cautious. <laughs> well, cautious, too, and, and also that you would turn away somebody says a lot about you. 
Well, we do turn away quite quite a few people, so I hope uh, if somebody comes to me from this show and, and gets turned away, they don't take it personally. No, don't take it personally. They should be happy. That means they have lashes. Right. That means they're doing well. That means they just need to go home and put a little bit of medication on for the time being. Right, and, and see how it turns out. Come back and, and rave to me about how those products work. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Terry, it was my pleasure. such an interesting new field. Yeah, it really is. It's groundbreaking. And if any of our listeners would like to find Dr. Sarah Wassebauer, please go to personallifemedia.com and you can get transcripts of today's show and we'll link you up to Dr. Wasserbauer so you can find out how you can get an eyelash transplant. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Dr. Sarah Wasserbauer. My pleasure, Terry. You have a great day yourself. You have a great day, and I appreciate talking to you, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.